I have five thousand okay. dollars, and I want to do something with the five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. What's your recommendation? Like, let's say I've got five grand. I found something that all in is like eighty grand. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I need to find a way to fund, you know, uh, let's say my 20% down payment for yeah. bank financing on that 80 uh, would be 16 grand. So I got five. So I need to find 11,000 in cash somewhere. I'm going to find me a partner. Okay. And I'm pitching this to them. Hey, we're going to be in this thing for 80. We're done. It's going to be worth 180. We're going to be able to pull out 80% of that equity, which we're going to do because mm-hmm. the numbers make sense. You're going to get your portion. I'm going to get my portion and we can run it back or we can just go and do our own stuff. And in one deal, you can literally change your life. The biggest investment a family will ever have. Do you know what that is? Their home. Their home. And it's also the biggest source of untapped equity. It's the home. Why is that? Because as consumers, we're terrified of debt. Now, if you're using debt as a consumer, that's a bad thing. Like I'm using debt to buy you know, uh, jewelry or using debt to take vacations. That's a bad thing. But if you're using debt to leverage on income generating activity, that's a business, that's business debt. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit different. Welcome to another edition of the Social Pool Podcast, man. We find dope people that did dope stuff. This is my partner. We made a bunch of money together in real estate. It's nice. Yeah, behind the scenes. You're a real (laughs) behind the scenes guy. I try and lay low where I can, you know. Yeah, I, I figure the more people see me, the, le- the less uh, I'm doing my job well. You know? <laughs> That's right. So uh, you are uh, one of the partners that helped the, the Terrica Lynn Smith brand uh, grow and operate. Yes. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be able to work with both of you. And one, Terrica is just an amazing, amazing human being. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really get a chance to get into the weeds of numbers with, Derek. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. On the structuring of the deals and, and stuff like that. Cause I want to know like all of the little details, right? So Terrica okay. gonna say something very high level and it's like, all right, bet. Then I gotta say, Hey Terrica, explain that. And then she'll start explaining it. Right. But I, I get a chance to talk to Derek and we get the nerd out on all the numbers. Okay. <laughs> we got, we got spreadsheets for everything. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So, um, I guess the kind of introduce yourself in a, what you do specifically. Yeah. So Derek Goto is the name. Uh, so my background is in corporate finance. You know, I started in telecommunications and uh, government finance as well. Did some consulting for a while and uh, kind of always did real estate during that period. Um, owned a manufacturing company at some point, you know, um, but eventually found myself full time in, in real estate doing that thing, which is finance. And so uh, you know, we, we kind of, I mean, you know, being an entrepreneur, everyone has to do everything yeah. all the time, but that's my specialty. That's my lane. Finance operations, just kind of making sure the back office admin financial stuff is set up. And of course, the more big brain tasks, because the small, I say smaller brain, it takes a big brain to do the accounting stuff, you know, but um, the more impactful and, uh, you know, business growth focused work is, is more of deal structures, you know, the things you're mentioning, you know, analyzing deals. Uh, underwriting, doing that type of stuff. Gotcha. I want to jump straight into my personal situation. Are you ready? I, I, I am prepared, yes. All right, cool. Because I, um, it's an idea, it's a concept that's not out just yet, but we're actively working to do it. So, um, oh my gosh, I can't even believe I'm talking about it on such a public platform <laughs> because it's such a brilliant idea. You really put it out there. Yeah, that other people are going to do it. Mm-hmm. But for the sake of 
our audience understanding how we're going to approach it. I'm going to talk about it. Okay. You ready? Okay. Let's go. So I, I've been working, I've, I've been having this idea, bro. I didn't even tell Donnie until like last month. It, uh, like this is, this has been a concept that I've like really held close to my heart because I know it's going to work. Um, so people have like salon suite concepts, but I want to do like podcast suites and content creator suites where we can rent out. You have your own space, your own setup, your own room. You go and record as much as you want. And uh, we teach you how to set up your own camera so you can be your own self-sufficient podcaster content creator. Right. So I just got this vision, 30 rooms. People can rent out some. We still do full service work for other people. But now I want to get into the numbers. Yes. There is a building that was well, two buildings. One is a million dollars. One is 1.35 million. They both need a lot of work. They're both shells, yep. right? So let's say it's going to be about $750,000 for the build out on both buildings mm -hmm. for this particular concept. Um, Shouts out to somebody in the Patreon and said, I just can't afford to do it. <laughs> um, uh, so... Terika sent me three options of deal structure mm -hmm. on how I can get this done. One option. Let me just, let me just share. I yep. wonder if she probably wouldn't mind. All right. So she sent me this, this document. It's kind of a build out of, you know, just kind of recap of what we said, what we talked about. So, and if you guys don't know Terika Lynn Smith, listen, go to the property challenge.com. She'd been on the, the podcast mad times. And uh, I reserved this particular conversation for Derek because he's really going to jump into the weeds. But I did spend an hour on the phone with Terica and she's breaking down each option. So here was the first option. Mm -hmm. Create a GPLP mm -hmm. who owns the real estate only. We create a new company. It says David, Terica, Derek, Stephanie creates a GPLP. Real estate only invests only in the acquisition. Purchase price one million. Agree to pay investors back a monthly payment. Example: If this new company occupies this building, this million dollar building, mm -hmm. the new company pays the building money, and the investors who gave the million dollars will make money off of the rent. So that option. Think of it like this, right? Forget the podcast idea. We're just going buy commercial real estate. Mm -hmm. That's what that deal is. We're getting investors. We're going buy buy you know a commercial property. That commercial property, we're going to put a commercial tenant, and that tenant is going to pay us lease. It's going they're going to pay us rent, and over time, we're going to you know realize a certain cap rate. We're going to make profit off of normal investment operations, and that's that. And so on the other side, right, like the podcast is the actual business that's yeah. in the unit. So in in that scenario. The building leases out to a strong tenant, which is this company that I'm going to create. So, mm -hmm. so I can go to someone and say, hey, give me a million dollars. I'm going to buy this building. I'm going to build it out. And you will make a payment. You will make money not only off of the, uh, the money that the tenant, which is me, is paying the building, but also you're an equity owner in the building. So... Being an equity owner, owner in the building gets you profit off of those lease revenues, whatever come in. So podcast aside, again, this is just a real estate investment. You're an LP. You're a GP in this case, right? So you own the building. 
you also own the company that is going to be occupying the building. Does that make sense? Yes. So explain GPLP. So GPLP, it's a type of structure that's used in a lot of large transactions. I mean, from even smaller, like let's just say there's a 20 unit, you know, we bought, right? Uh, we use the GPLP structure for that. If you're doing, you know, syndication, which is, you know, in layman, layman's terms, you know, using crowdfunding, right? Um, through different SEC exemptions for uh, raising money for securities, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can use that GPLP structure as well. So GP stands for general partner. LP stands for limited partner. The way that I usually remember those is your GP is your operator. They're the, they're the quarterback. They're putting all the pieces together. They found the investors. They found the deal. You know, they find the property managers. They do all the stuff, like all the end of year accounting, like they do everything, right? Mm-hmm. And for that work, they are compensated a portion of equity in that deal. The LPs, limited partners, are your investors. It's the easy way to remember it. Operator, investor. A GP can Give also- Give me some numbers. Give me some numbers, examples. Yeah. So let's just say, uh, you know, again, you know, let's just say a $2 million deal, right? We're talking about this right here. We'll round it up to two. Um, GPLP type of situation. Let's say the GP structure, you know, looks to be, you know, 15% of equity. So- to find the deal, to operate it, to put the whole thing together, to find the tenant, to do all these other things, uh, LPs agree to provide 15% of deal equity on that property, which is ownership, profit, like it's everything, right? Um, uh, 15% to that GP group. The LPs own 85%. Mm-hmm. They're bringing all the money. So in this case, they're bringing $2 million for 85% of the business. That's what they're bringing to the table. Mm. GPs are bringing expertise, skill, work, ability to execute work, most importantly, for 15%. I see. So in this scenario, if I'm, say I'm going to buy this building, a million dollars, I may say I find a group of people who are all, I get it. I know what's going on. Your business was rocking, but now you're falling behind. Teams buried in manual work, taking forever to close the books, getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,025-1. 37,000. That's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and much, much more. 25. NetSuite turned 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all your KPIs or key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow all in one place. Listen, there's power in having organization in your business, having all the information in one place. With disorganization comes poverty. Trust me, this is an unprecedented offer by NetSuite. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance. Absolutely free at netsuite.com slash social proof. That's netsuite.com slash social proof to get your own KPI checklist. Netsuite.com slash social proof. Question for you. Why do you want to learn a new language? Like where would you use it and how would it come in handy? 
Think about this, right? Listen, you always wanted to learn a new language. Well, let me introduce you to Rosetta Stone. It is the most trusted language learning program, and it's available on desktop or as an app, and it truly immerses you in the language that you really, really want to learn. Listen, I am looking to really dive deep into Rosetta Stone this year. I tried it. It's really, really fun because I always wanted to be able to reach a broader audience with my business. So we about to learn this Spanish. Espanol, baby. Listen, Rosetta Stone has been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 different languages offered. So if you want to learn Spanish or French, Italian, German, Korean, Japanese, Dutch, Polish, 25 different languages offered. Also, um, it's fast language acquisition. So Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. For one, there's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. It's a very intuitive process, meaning you pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, speech recognition. The built-in true accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's also convenient. Like I said, you can use it on desktop or app um, with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You will get a lifetime membership for all 25 languages, for any and all trips and language needs in your life, lifetime access, all 25 languages, for 50% off, Rosetta Stone is offering you a steal of a deal. Listen up, y'all. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Social Proof Podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com forward slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com forward slash today. Do it today. I'm going to put in maybe 100000 50000 or whatever mm-hmm. to make up this million dollars. Yep. But this million dollars represents 85%. The other 50, 15% equity will come from us, like people who are either finding these investors or uh, uh, monitoring the build out and all that kind of stuff and structuring it and getting all the contractors and stuff like that. That's right. Okay. So that would be an attractive option for an investor. How? So in this case, and I can tell you of all it, of all the options, you know, everything comes down to like the investor profile because all the three options that you would have gotten, I don't know exactly the other two, but I, them. I know where, she, I know where she's coming from. So I can pretty much tell you what the other two are because that's what <laughs> I would say, you know, but, um, but generally uh, the type of investment structure depends on the type of investor you want, because, you know, someone like, you know, me where I'm at in my real estate journey, short-term cash flow is, is not as important as long-term money plays. Now, when you're starting out or, you know, let's just say, you know, you still at your W2, like you're working through, you know, trying to build up that real estate portfolio, there is a greater importance for short-term cash flow because you need it to pay bills. Yeah. But there is a crossover point where short-term cash becomes less important and that enables you to focus on long-term plays, which are much more profitable long-term. So, um, and that's really the dream, right? The long-term plays. And so in this case, why would investors prefer, you know, option one where they're owning the building? 
you know, I would say the investor profile for that is someone who doesn't really have a high need for short-term cash flow, and they're looking more for the long-term value add and appreciation that's going to occur or that's going to be realized in this building. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Because no matter what happens to the actual business, whether the business is busy, slow, all that kind of stuff, they own the real estate. That's right. And and what is it how... Um, like we're doing a Shans building, right? Mm -hmm. And she was saying, well, it's going to cost $4 million to build out. But immediately, once it's built out, it'll be worth like $8 million. Yeah. So the cost to construct, if you do it right and do it properly, it is almost always going to be less than what you'll be able to sell it for after, right? Like they just a normal real estate developer. I'm building a new house for someone. Um, you know, the cost of materials, you know, the cost of, you know, actually building that property, which just call it, you know, 300 grand. As soon as that thing is done and ready to be sold, you know, that market price is going to be based on surrounding properties, like similar call them comparables, right? Comps. And so, um, just the act of building it in and of itself, like there's a, a portion of like what I, what I call is like the, the, the stress equity. So, mm. There's a certain level of stress associated with building a $4 million apartment complex, uh, a level of pressure associated with, you know, building a new single family home from ground up. And the value of the equity play is usually equal to that. You know what I'm saying? Like, because not everybody wants to go and build new properties. Not everyone wants to buy a, a building and outfit it to, you know, uh, have a huge podcast studio. Yeah. Um, and those that are willing to do it, they are typically awarded with, you know, immediate appreciation or equity gain on properties. Got it. See, I'm, I'm, yeah. I think I'm still be, I still be thinking short term sometimes Yeah. because I'm like, dang, I would want more money now. And I'm trying to understand, but now it makes sense because you put in a million dollars to buy a building and let's say we're going to like build it out, operate it and all that kind of stuff. And by the time it's built, it may be worth 2 million, meaning the money you just put in basically doubled by you putting the money, the first initial right. investment in. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and honestly, like that's, that's really where, where Tara and I make a, a, a large, I mean, you're, you're part of a lot of these, you know, but that's where we make a large push for equity plays is we find things that, you know, or like diamonds in the rough, but they don't look like diamonds. They look like turds. You know yeah. what I mean, I mean they, they are not, I mean, so like I have this thing, you know, we walk into a property, if it smells like, you know, deceased animals or something really sour, it's like, that's, that's what money smells like, man. I mean, like that's it smells what money just smells like, like. <laughs> it's nasty. It does not smell good. You know? I love that. Yeah. I love that. Okay. How many properties are you um, a partner? In? Uh, at this point, right about 200. You know what? You said something to me one time. You picked me up from the airport in Louisiana, uh, in Lafayette, and you said you own some properties yourself, mm -hmm. like just not a part of a, a uh, like a group. It's just right, right. This is, these are my properties. And I forgot the question, but I remember the answer was, man, I'm really trying to get rid of those so I could do more syndication stuff. <laughs> it is true. Why so, is that? It seems like yeah. you own the property and you make the money and maybe you put a a system in place where, you know, property management or whatever, mm -hmm. and you get to own it versus a portion of other stuff. Yeah. So, and, and that, that's a real hot topic, you know, in the real estate market, because you, you, you talk to, you know, different types of investors and they'll be like, Oh, if you don't own a hundred percent, then you don't own it. And I'm like, well, first off, Blackstone, you know, right. biggest, oh, wow. you know, 
pretty much hedge fund in the world, they would have something to say about that, right? All these large real estate funds, you know, all the REITs, everything, your real estate investment trust, all of those, like they, they, they own things outright, you know, but their investors are comprised of proportional ownership, you know, and yes, I can go out and build a real estate empire, you know, by just stacking properties. Let me get them one at a time and eventually I'll be able to do two at a time and then four at a time and then 10 at a time. But the difference is, is that number one, when you don't collaborate with investors like that, you're missing out on huge networking opportunities mm. because like if you and I just knew each other, right, that would be a certain level of, you know, we'll call it like, you know, business intimacy, right? Like I know a certain part of you, but if we're doing deals together and those deals are, you know, very much complex and it requires a greater level of trust. Well, hold on. Now all of a sudden, like it, it is different. You know what I mean? Like when you come into town, it's like, Hey, we're not going to eat at a restaurant. Like I'm bringing you to my house. Like we got dinner on the stove. Like it's that type of stuff. So there's the, the networking portion of it, but also it's just like, you know, stereotypical business term of synergy, you know, like mm-hmm. I mean, you saw that, uh, some big Microsoft announcement a while back, but the CEO was up there on stage, like super sweating, you know? mm-hmm. just like sweating bucks off. He's like yelling synergy and all this. Stuff. So that's what it is. But like, if I take, you know, 10 investors that each have $10, okay, that's a hundred dollars of investment right there. This is a small investment, obviously, but <laughs> you know, if I take 10 investors, each of them have $10, if they invest that on their own, right? The power of that money is 10 bucks. Yeah. Well, if I put all those 10 people together, the power is not a hundred. It's a lot higher than a hundred. And so you're able to scale a whole lot better in group economics. Um, honestly, it's less work, mm-hmm. you know, because if I own properties outright, I have to find property managers. I have to do underwriting. I have to do deal structure. I have to find funding. I have to do all these things. But if we're doing group economics, all I'm doing right now is underwriting and I'm really good at it. Okay. Terika, she's doing acquisitions and she's the best at, I have not found one person better. I'm being very (laughs) honest about it. You know, um, you know, so you're able to, to focus on specializations and it's the same type of efficiencies you would see, you know, if you're looking at like a small mom and pop style business versus a large corporation, Mm -hmm you know, large corporations, they have tax analysts, right? They have, you know, a product specialist, right? That only focus on product design. Whereas mom and pop, you're doing everything, right? So you're spread thin. So I, I will, I will defend that to the death in every single scenario, you know, and, and there, there is benefit to owning it yeah. outright on your own, but just for me and my investment strategy, there, there's no other apex approach than group economics. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. All right, cool. Let's get into the second yeah. deal, uh, this deal structure. And this was just, I guess, kind of, Tara can kind of put together some, some spitball ideas. So I, so, so I can get my mind moving in the right direction and approaching it properly. Right. So, uh, option number two, okay. Full purchase and build out raise. Creators Clubhouse, my business, Creators Clubhouse 2, um, raises $2 million for acquisition and build out of entire studio suites. Shan's Real Estate Holdings and Terrica Lynn Smith, 20% ownership raise and management. LP, 80% ownership for $2 million. Example, four investors invest $500,000 each and is paid on net income at 20% each. Mm-hmm. You got to break that down. You want to see it? Yeah, option yeah, two. Yeah, let me okay. check this out. Yeah, break 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 down option two for us. Um, as we start deal. And I think so many people are going to be able to like 
uh, do bigger projects because we got to understand different deal structure on how to get it done. And the reason I haven't done this idea so far is because I'm, I'm basically looking at what's in my own pockets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think that's going to get me there. I don't know. <laughs> have you been using Mint to manage your finances? Well, if so, I have some bad news. Mint's going away. It's shutting down. But here's some good news. There's an even better alternative. It's called Monarch Money. Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and are absolutely loving it. Did you know that money issues are a leading cause of divorce? Monarch, which is the top-rated personal finance app, it also has a built-in collaboration feature so that you can invite your partner at no extra cost. It's the easiest way to manage your household finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and much more. You can create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com forward slash social. And get this, Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint so you can keep all your tags and categories. And unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up and to customize and to use it all together, okay? Monarch is absolutely obsessed with constantly improving a product. So they actually release updates every two weeks and allow customers to submit suggestions so you can actually vote on requested features and you'll be able to see the product roadmap. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash social. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash social for your extended 30-day free trial. Look, black representation in media means the world to me. I remember watching Arsenio Hall and Montel Williams and Oprah Winfrey. I remember seeing these black voices and I thought, you know what? I want to control a room like that. The next generation, however, of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Schmurter to The Wire, Michelle Obama, the reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Listen, black representation is important. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast that center black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices uh, as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Definitely not. And honestly, like there's so much that is, I mean, again, it goes back to that whole group economics conversation, but but so right here, I think I think option one, you know, we talk about uh, almost like a debt type of scenario, right? Where 
So kind of like backtracking to option one, um, because I think option two is more like what we just discussed is option one. So option one, the real one she wrote here, I think is more like flat payments back. So it's almost like structured like debt in a sense, like we're taking a loan out, but you have ownership, right? And just what we pay you is structured as flat rate paybacks until your money's paid back. And that's actually pretty common in, you know, in equity funds in general, they call hold it. Hold on, hold on, hold yeah. On. Yeah. All right, hold let's on. go. I, I don't understand. So you go to a bank. Okay. Yes. And, um, you know, let's just say option zero, you go to a bank, you get a $2 million loan. You're going to pay that bank, you know, X amount per month, principal and interest to pay off that loan. Mm-hmm. Um, in here, I think what she may be recommending, you know, this is, this is one of the ideas, right? Is you structure the ownership as debt. So they have, they own 80% of it, right? Mm-hmm. But they're, they're not necessarily paid off of profit. They're paid a flat, a flat rate. Yes. Right. So it becomes like a mortgage. Yeah, exactly. So it becomes more of an operational expense. Option two here looks like, you know, that more traditional GPLP setup where it's profit. Like you're, you're getting paid off a of profit. Like it's an actual commercial investment. But that's profit. Uh, I believe what she was saying is this one is profit based on the business as a whole because we're raising not only the million dollars acquisition, but another million dollar for the build out. Yeah. So if we raise two million, the profits are based on the entire two million. And and so so do you think that that would include, you know, the actual operation of, of I the think podcast? So. Yeah. So so in that case, it's you're literally just starting a business, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a new business. Right. With uh, bless you. Thank you. It's a new business with, um, you know, same GPLP ownership, 20 percent, 80 percent, whatever that may be. And, you know, they share in, in, in the operation of that. Gotcha. OK, so first option, I can approach a an investor and say, you be the bank. Mm-hmm. Give me a million dollars. I will pay this debt off. But I wonder, is there a payoff in this in this structure? I, I guess there's a million ways to skin. I don't a cat, think right? there is. I don't think there is because because if option two would include, let's say, um, you know, they actually own the the business itself. Like we we are coming together to start this podcast venture, yes. which you know involves buying this building. You know, it involves the build out, it involves the operation of it. If that's the case, then, you know, uh, it, it's just a new business. The first option would, would really be more like a, it's a commercial real estate investment. Yeah. We're coming together to buy the building. We already have a tenant locked up, yeah. you know, a really reliable tenant. We're pretty sure he's going to pay yeah. because he's an owner here too, right. you know, <laughs> right, right. Uh, you know, but, but yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, okay. LP 80% ownership. GP 20% ownership. But the reason I didn't I didn't like that option is because I have to be the driver of the business. You know what I mean? So I have to yeah. do a whole lot of work for a portion of the 20%, mm-hmm. which I don't want to do that. Yeah. It's your business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then option three, investors invest two million in a fund, TLS shans. And we pay them 20% of net income of the fund. We retain 100% ownership and or allocate 20% of equity in real estate and 5% net income on investment. All these are negotiable terms and can be created and reconfigured. Yeah. So that, that third one, it sounds more like a hybrid of the two, right? Where you're saying, hey, look, because uh, really, first off, the deal is anything you want it to be structurally. Yeah. So if you were to break it up like, hey, 
you know, this is the ownership for the building. Okay. This is the ownership for the business revenue. So right. building revenue, business revenue, um, you know, 20 and 5%. So if we go to sell the building and there's equity in it, well, they would get a 20% payout on that. Yeah. In the meantime, or until that point would occur, it would be 5% of profit or whatever that number would be. So it's kind of like a composite, right. but, you know, and I think at the end of the day, again, that comes down to the investor profile. Like who, who are we trying to pull in, you know, because um, if it's a super stable investor, you know, they may not be worried about that 5% business profit as much as they're worried about, you know, the stable income, stable appreciation from a, a commercial real estate investment. Got it. One thing I don't want to do is start raising $500 and $1,000 from people because they're not, No, they're like, yo, where's my $500? Well, and then at that point, <laughs> at that point, you step into a whole new territory. We talk about getting in the weeds, you know, like uh, it's a whole new territory because, you know, the SEC and I, and I hate that these terms are even a thing, but, you know, they have sophisticated and non-sophisticated investors. So mm. if I call someone non-sophisticated, like, and that's an insult. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. You come in here with your unsophisticated language. <laughs> like, come on, man, pronounce the the G's at the end of your words, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but like, but the SEC's view of that is, mm. you know, and, and again, I disagree with this too, but uh, if you make 250,000 or more per year as an individual or 350,000 as a couple household, or your net worth is a million dollars or more, not counting your home residence, like your primary residence, uh, then you are considered an, like an accredited investor and thus are sophisticated. sophisticated. And here's the thing. I know people who are worth that much that I would not call sophisticated. <laughs> they're fun to be around, but they're not sophisticated, you know? Right. And, uh, and they're my friends, but they're not yeah. sophisticated. But, um, but when you start raising from smaller amounts like that, you know, ask yourself this, you, if somebody came up to you and said, David, I got an investment for you, man. It's going to blow your mind. Okay, what's the buy-in? $500. <laughs> what would you, I mean, you wouldn't, you'd be like, this is not going to blow my mind. It's not going to work. Yeah. Well, that's how other sophisticated investors will be. So I can say this, that for larger stuff like this, you know, 100K is the minimum for us because I have found personally that uh, if it's anything 50 below, we're getting calls quite often from investors and we field them mm -hmm. and we, cause they're investors. We got to take care of them. We got to yeah. inform them and keep them up to date on everything. But the hundred thousand, 200,000, $300,000 investment type of person, they're not calling you. Yeah. Like if they see you in public, they're not even going to bring it up. They're <laughs> right. going to talk about something else. You <laughs> right, know what I mean? Right. So it, it's just a different, it, it's just a different vibe. So yeah, no, something like this, it, it, it would be a minimum of at least a hundred, 200. Gotcha, gotcha. Do y'all know these people? Yes. Who are these people that are investing in these big real estate deals and stuff like that? Man, Pe people you would imagine and people you wouldn't imagine. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, really, really, it's, it's just a broad array of people. I mean, it's it's folks that we've invested with in the past, you know, I and mean, we've got some investors that have been rocking with us for years and really? years and everything we do, they're in. Like, there's no question there. Like, I think T might've mentioned at some point, I don't know if it was on here or somewhere else, but I know she told you this, but she's like, I told Derek 2023, he's got no choice. He's got to invest what I invest. Right. In, you know? Yeah. And uh, I mean, I'd be doing that anyways, you right. know, but, but that's, that's how some of these, in, these investors are, but really it's a reputation thing. 
and um, just connections, you know, I mean, through relationships like this, we'll get connected with people and, and, uh, and just bring it up. But it's, we've got people all over the world, really. We've got international investors. We've got domestic investors. I mean, really? just all over. Yeah. So when there's a deal, you're never, you're never worried about raising the money. Never. No, look, I can, I can tell you this. This is a very transparent conversation, right? Like transparent thing for me to say. But right now, the thing that, that are, that, I guess the, the topics that are dominating our internal business discussions have nothing to do with raising capital. It's, in fact, it's, it's everything to do with um, we need a better infrastructure so we can raise $200 million. Like right now, mm. what we're using is not going to work. Like it needs to be better. Like we're, we're, we're driving a, you know, a, a really reliable, you know, 2016 Ford F-150, but <laughs> I need, I need that, that, that big Denali, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, we need yeah. something with some style, you know? Um, and, and so that, that's, what's dominating our discussions right now, but no, we can, we can, we, we've not found a cap on what we can raise yet. It's just, the trick is always, um, having the right deals, like kind of locked and loaded for new investors to come in on, or like, when we say, when someone says, Hey, I've got, you know, three, $4 million, whatever that is for you, it's having the investment ready because there is nothing I would say, uh, well, there's a couple things worse than this, but, uh, in terms of raising capital, um, it's not a good look when, when you're like, Hey, uh, you know, what's your return? You know, you, you gave on investors last year is like, Oh, we're averaging 18, 19, 20% return for investors on these larger real estate deals. Um, and they're like, Oh dang, I got 5 million bucks. What you got for me? And you're like, What's going on, family? Listen, we are all in the communication business. Did you know you can lose a deal or not get the promotion simply because you said something incorrectly and you just don't seem confident or you don't sound like an authority when you're writing? I'm telling you, grammar is important. I have something for you, okay? It's called Grammarly. Grammarly Premium's advanced tone suggestions help you communicate confidently and reframe your words to be more positive and productive so your team gets on the same page and projects get done on time. So listen, I am not the best speller. I'm not, I'm going to be honest. I talk. I talk good. But when it comes to writing an email or something like that, I know something's going to be spelled wrong. So I use Grammarly so that when they receive the email, I look brilliant. I look like a genius. Listen, Grammarly Premium's tone suggestions Take your writing to the next level, keeping you professional as you balance being direct and friendly while finding solutions with your team. Plus, Grammarly has a ton of other great features, advanced spelling, grammar, punctuation, and conciseness suggestions, okay? To ensure your writing is professional, mistake-free, and clear, okay? Listen, the right tone can move any project forward when you get it just right with Grammarly, okay? Go to Grammarly.com forward slash tone to download and learn more about Grammarly Premium's advanced tone suggestions, okay? That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash tone, T-O-N-E. Nothing. Mm. It's not a good look. So we have to really manage, you know, um, you know, acquisitions and making sure we, we have enough locked and loaded to be able to bring in new investors. But to answer your question originally, it's, it's a whole So if there is a... $5 million deal, $8 million deal. Obviously you guys underwrite it. Mm -hmm. You're, you're no, you don't have the question of man, where am I going to get this money from? No m money's always the, the secondary or tertiary thing. Like, you know, it, and this is something, honestly, look, I've got college degrees. Okay. I got a master's degree and I only say that to say, uh, to like highlight my sister, you know, Cause I didn't know how money was really made 
until I hooked up with Terica. Like, mm. it was not, like, I mean, look, finance degree, MBA, don't know how to make money. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. I mean, like, how does that even work, you know? Right. But, um, but the thing is, like, the first part of every conversation for us, I mean, like, I've got a couple deals in my inbox right now. Like, Terica will send them to me. She's like, hey, we need deep underwriting. But she's already done. Like, she already knows it's a good deal. Mm-hmm. But we're doing underwriting because we know that's what investors are going to want. Like, that's yeah. the deep thing. But we'll do that. That's the first thing. The second thing is usually the, the structure. Like, how do we want to structure this deal? Is it like a limited partnership? Or this is, is this more of like a, hey, uh, call your boy. We're going in those, on this LLC together. Or whatever it may be. You know, and the third, fourth thing is usually funding. Like, how do we fund it? But it's it's not... We usually get through that step the quickest. Yeah. I will say that for sure. Got to backtrack a little bit. You said, I didn't know how money was really made until you hooked up with Terica. Yeah. How is money made? What did you learn? Yeah. So, uh, firstly, um, it's not made in, in the office. You know what I mean? Like, and what I mean by that is, you know, I mean, my, my whole corporate career, I'm in an office crunching numbers. I mean, not like... You know, I worked at a, at a public utility, you know, as a financial analyst, I was, you know, working on like, you know, a lot of analysis for like natural gas markets yeah. and stuff. And, you know, I mean, that budget that I would mess with was right around $300 million a year. Mm. So it's just numbers on the page at that point, yeah. you know, but there's a difference when like you start seeing more zeros, like in your own stuff, you know, but I'll say this, um, the biggest thing that like one of the biggest takeaways was the idea of leveraging and it's such a simple concept but believe it or not it's not something that's really taught like in college i got i've got real beef with that you know because it is a simple enough concept to teach a 10 year old in fact we i mean we we have teaching tools like we have a board game you know Mm. that that teaches like my eight-year-old knows how to how to leverage right now you know um but just that simple thing you know like don't be afraid of debt you know, debt is probably in terms of building wealth, the most powerful tool outside of your own brain, you know, uh, that you can ever find. But really it's that, it's the idea of leverage and, and using other people's money yeah. to create win-wins for everyone involved. Give me your first example of like, you know, working with Terica, like your first example where you saw it, like, oh wow, I've been doing this all wrong. Yeah, okay, so our, our first deal, you know, and you gotta keep in mind, like this first deal we had, it was coming off of the back of like, I I'd finished my MBA in like 2016, um, bought a manufacturing business, like a, like a exterior window shutters, a uh, very successful business. And we got hit with some crazy flooding in Louisiana, put the whole thing underwater. Uh, and at that point it was like, you know, we're fighting for dear life after three months in, you know, so goodness um, gracious. it ended up not, not panning out, you know, and, and um, you know, but walking through that, he's like, Hey, I think you'd like this real estate stuff. So we go, we start doing a deal together. I think a uh, place might've been named Knollwood, the street. I remember, man, I think it might've been uh, one of those, but so we're like mid flip thing gets, you know, it's just a fix and flip. It gets rezoned in a flood zone. I'm like, oh man, I'm not making no money on this. You know, we get to the end and we made like 12,000 in profit total. Mm. And I remember thinking, dude, I just made 6,500 bucks. I am so stoked about this. Like, <laughs> I remember Terika calling me and she was like all upset. And I'm trying to figure out what's wrong. She's like, this is a waste of my time. $6,500. I, I don't even get up for $6,500. <laughs> and I'm thinking, wait, this is the, this is the floor? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we ran another one and it was like 45K profit. Mm-hmm. And she's like, this is more like it. And I said to myself, like, this was easy. Like it was, it was too easy that it almost felt like it was not legal. 
You know what I mean? I, I remember thinking, and like, look, if you think like I'm, I'm risk averse now, I've grown in yeah. the last several years, but I would ask her so many questions and just drive her crazy, you know, because I'm like, I don't think like this can't be real. You know, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. But yeah. in the case of real estate investing, there's so many ways to win uh, and so many ways to make money. I mean, you can make money through appreciation, right? Make money through value add, right? Like fixing something up and holding it, selling it for more. You can make money through rents. And all the while you have ownership of this physical asset yeah. that even if the market tanks, like 2008, you know, market like catastrophic tanking mm. and real estate only went down 30% catastrophic and i'm like 30 percent seems a lot seems like a lot 30 percent is a lot but when you when you realize that it recovered in two and a half three years then it's not you know i mean gotcha. it's really not like you're as long as you stay you know um uh under leverage in a sense and that's that's a lot of the stuff we teach right and, and we put into practice what we teach is based off of what we put into practice but like you know things like the 70 percent rule where when we go into real estate uh you know we're trying to get in it total you know, acquisition rehab for less than 70% of what it's going to be worth when we're done. Because guess what? When we finish, we have enough insulation there in that equity to protect us from market downturns so that we're not over leveraged. We don't have to liquidate the property or sell at a loss or do any of that stuff. So what's the best deal that you are a part of? Oh, best real estate deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's an easy one. So me and T were talking about it this morning on the flight over, but uh, so we got this 60 unit, <clears throat> I'm in there. Yeah, yeah. Yo, you in that one. That I'm in there. That one is real thick, I will <laughs> say. Um, but it's a 60 unit, uh, all single family homes. Uh, it was one of the first, if no, it was the first HUD site um, uh, under the housing assistance program uh, in the U.S. Wow. I think we had the, uh, the King family go out there at some point way back when. But the story behind that property is pretty amazing. You know, it's, I mean, it's South Louisiana, you know, and. Uh, like like most places in the South, there's a lot of extracurricular stuff. You know what I mean? That's yeah. not really above the line. But, um, but hold on, I'm sorry. Explain the HUD thing. The first HUD yeah yeah. Something. So so HUD site. So you know every, everyone knows like Section Eight, right? Um, Section Eight. Uh, if you have a rental property and it's on Section Eight, um, the local HUD office like like they'll come out, they'll do their inspection, whatnot. But really, that transaction is between the tenant and HUD. Mm. Okay. And you'll get paid directly from HUD for that one property. If you have 10 properties on Section 8, there's 10 different transactions. A HUD site's a little different. And with a HUD site, the transaction is between you and HUD. Now, between you and HUD, there's like a state governing authority in almost every case. Well, I the first example is Section 8. Section 8, 10 units. It's like there's a You'd a get case. 10 individual Payments and yeah, gotcha. there's a case okay. for each one. Yes, each tenant has its own file with the, with HUD. Right. You know, for Section Eight, that's correct. Not HUD. Well, HUD, HUD, Section Eight is a program under HUD. I see. Housing I see. and urban development. Yeah, gotcha. And so, a housing and urban development site, a HUD site, um, it's like Section Eight, except the transaction occurs between you and the governing authority. So the state gotcha. agency HUD. And instead of getting 60 individual payments, in this case, you get one check per month. Mm. And because uh, they don't really do these anymore, like if you're kind of grandfathered in, you're like, you're like in, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? But, um, but the great benefit of them is that they're, they're usually reserved for high importance projects, like in the area that this mm. particular investment is in, 
um, there is very little, you know, um, subsidized housing, right. In an area that, that needs it, right. There yeah. is a greater need for affordable housing. And so, um, so there's, this is a great incentive for HUD. HUD's like, Hey, we'll, we'll make this a little more convenient. You know, we'll, we'll give you these one payments. We'll sign long-term agreements, you know, for you to keep operating this thing wholly. Yeah. And so in this case, this property at 60 units, uh, generates about half a million a year in revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a value add opportunity. You know, I'll say the, um, you know, we have in terms of in it, you know, we expect to be in probably no more than 1.2 acquisition and rehab at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, we, we've only got a few more months left in, 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 in renovation. Um, and we've already gotten our appraisal. Yeah. What's the appraisal? Y'all didn't tell me. You, you know, oh, I thought we told. Yeah, yeah. Because you, cause you remember we were trying to we were trying to refi some of that out. You remember we told? Oh you? yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that was the first. I got you, got you, got you, got That's you. That's that big number. Yeah, yeah. You remember what it was? Yeah, I, I don't remember what it was. It was a lot, but to actually yeah. take the money, you needed like some sort of weird insurance or something. So like yes, yeah, so, so you want me to get into that? Let's get in the way. All right, all right, all right. So so first Let's off, go. it appraised for three point three million. Yes, and we bought it for like six hundred thousand or something. Six fifty. Six fifty. Put put a few hundred grand in it to fix it up. Now that that's crazy numbers, dude. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's too good to be true. No, it's crazy numbers. What's up, family? Listen, a new year for many people means resolutions to save money. So stop shopping without getting anything in return. Start getting cash back on every single purchase you make with Ibotta. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns 145 bucks per year. And that could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Buy the flight you've been eyeing, that game you've been wanting to go to, or that fancy dinner you've been craving. Join over 50 million savers and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Listen to me, family. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code SOCIALPROOF when you register. Just go to the Apple Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code SOCIALPROOF. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or Apple Store and use code SOCIALPROOF. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. But... And people are like, well, why would someone sell, you know, something like that, you know, at such a discount? And there's so many reasons, you know, in this particular scenario, well, not to be specific, but, you know, the previous owner, he had other business venture ideas. And for him, they were urgent enough where he's like, you know what, this is what I want. This is what I need. If you can close this in a week, which we did, then I'll sell it for this price. And we did, you know, so stuff like that is out there, but in this case, we're like, all right, we're in it for 3.3. You know, we're going to, you know, refinance out, um, you know, a good portion of this to get our principal back for our investors uh, and to get them a, a strong return. Mm-hmm. 
you know, the property can still afford. And real quick, yeah. like it was so cool because that is around the time of one of the first, the first or second property challenge. Yeah. Right before the second property. Yeah. Challenge. Right before the second property challenge. And it was so cool because the people in the inner circle got That's a right. chance to invest in that project. 100%. So I'm one of the investors. And I and when we do the, like, the meetups and stuff like that, I get to meet my business partner. They're like, yo, right. I'm in the 60. You know, I'm like, ah, right, you right. too? Oh, That's you got right. you a little check? I got me a little check yeah. too. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah, it was lit. It was yeah, lit. yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's it's amazing. It really, and like, and that's what we do. I mean, we're all about like, for us, we want long-term relationships. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to milk everything out of a, a business relationship that I can because I want to be doing it for the next 30 or yeah. 40 years. Like, I want our kids to know each other. Yeah. Like, I want our grandkids to know each other. That, that, I don't know. That's kind of neither here nor there. But. And the, I was, and I didn't understand, I honestly, I'm still working on my, my, um, being able to see the big picture because I'm talking to Tarek. I'm like, oh, well, the spot is 650000 We put a few hundred thousand into it. million bucks. Between me, you, Derek, Neo, put together a million dollars, no problem. Mm-hmm. But Terika was like, the inner circle has to have be a part of that. Yep. Like I, she's like, Yo, I want some other people to have like long-term wealth-building ability. Yep. And I'm like, T, we have the money, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, we could just do it ourselves. You know what I mean? I remember the exact day she she called me with the deal, and then you know it, it was not a question right away. She's like, "We need this is the inner circle. Like yeah. we're gonna bring this." And and uh, I did tell her I was like, "But it would be juicy if we just did it for <laughs> us, though." You know, because because like this this deal, it really is the best one I've ever been a part of. Like yeah. not even close. It is a unicorn of a deal, and you know, low key. I don't know if she want me to say this, but. But we got another one in the works. Like it, it's really? it's close to this one, you know. Um, <clears throat> but we'll we'll see. You know, I mean, it, you know, at the end of the day, it just comes back to to getting a response and a good negotiation. But what do you want the what do you want the acquisition to be at? Give me some numbers behind it. Uh so the acquisition that we're looking at is it's about the same as this the sixty door. About I think it's one point two was the number she said. Really? Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it's not as juicy. But it it is, you know, it's the same attribute. So in terms of there's a little bit of equity grab there because the owners are in a in a, in a certain circumstance where they're like, you know what, uh, there's urgency for me, right? So I need to move this thing. Uh, the second attribute is that is a, it is a, it's a HUD site. Yeah. It's another HUD site. Oh, so yeah. that automatic money, that automatic contract money, mm-hmm. meaning yeah. like the HUD, HUD will say, okay, we'll give you X amount of dollars per year for. Yep, for it. However many years, yeah, and for the sixty unit, I mean, we're 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 in for about twenty years right now. So, yeah. I mean, half I, a million dollars yeah. for twenty years. Yeah, that is a ten million dollar contract. It's nuts. A ten million before inflation, before appreciation on the property because rents go up. You know, like oh, and so, then HUD has to pay more. Yeah, HUD rents go up. Yeah, I mean, they were they release new rates every year. In fact, we we just on that particular property. You know, because this is something that's every year, right? We just finished this this past year's cycle where we go in and uh, it's a rate assessment and they yeah. do rate increases. And so, you know, that that's going to be going into effect pretty soon here. So, Dang. yeah. I'll never go homeless, Derek. At worst case scenario, you just live in one of those 60 units. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. That you can literally um, get into the real estate game and you... At some point, you never, ever have to worry about shelter. No, never. I love it. That's crazy. 
y'all could move into one and then take the money from the income and pay my bills. Like it just, I mean, I'm not balling. I can't buy no more watches, but yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, if you leverage, right, maybe you can. <laughs> bank, bank, yeah. I'll give you this, uh, the, this loan for this role. Right. Uh, secured <laughs> against that sure. property. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, oh man. Where were we? Okay. Breaking down the Franklin deal. So you want, yes. you were like, well, you know, how do, how do we pull that money out and why do we end up not moving yes. forward with that? So, uh, <clears throat> one thing about Louisiana insurance right now, the insurance industry is in turmoil, you know, um, the why? industry or just Louisiana, Louisiana specifically. Gotcha. Okay. Now other, other States maybe, but Louisiana is such a hot mess right now that, you know, it's really, it's, it's an issue and here's why. So the area that this property is in, um, you know, it's kind of a rural area in Louisiana mm -hmm. and, uh, it's really difficult to get insurance already especially flood insurance. Well, because of different market things, you know, and different um, uh, state laws. I mean, we had a lot of hurricanes too, you know, so there's a lot of loss claims. So insurance companies either go bankrupt or they decide to move out because it, you know, to save their other business ventures yeah. in other states, they don't want to bring the whole ship down for one state. And so uh, in that particular area right now, in terms of flood insurance, we got one option. This, this company can charge whatever they want. Mm. You know, got one option for they have insurance. a monopoly on flood insurance in this area. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. And there's other options, but they're there. I mean, so we got uh, this particular scenario, right? And why, why is flood insurance relevant for a refi? Well, because if you're refinancing, the bank is going to have certain coverage requirements for insurance, mm -hmm. certain, ca certain policies you have to carry. Um, because half of this property, not even all 60 units, but half of the 60 unit portfolio is in a flood zone, a minor flood zone that's never flooded in the history. You'll find some wood, you know, <laughs> but it's never flooded in the history of the property being in existence. Even then it still has to have flood insurance, right? Well, you know, uh, so to refi it, we have to have flood insurance. So we get our quotes in one quote, you know, it came in at roughly, I don't know, 200 K a year. 200k that's like half the hud contract almost half the hud contract not only that but on top of that they hit us with hey uh this rate is also going to increase by nearly 60 percent in 12 months so when you renew wow we're going to be pushing 300 grand now imagine that the property brings in gross 500k so you're at almost 300 grand just in insurance costs and you're never going to use that insurance it's not like if we do if we spend 300k on construction that's money added to the property. Yeah. Like that increases the value sure. insurance. It's a straight money loss. And so, you know, right now, you know, uh, we can self-insure and we can do all that, but a bank won't accept the self-insure. Gotcha. So, and this kind of comes back to like that GPLP setup, right? Yeah. Like as a general partner, that's your role is to make a decision for the, in the best interest of your investors, yeah. you know, the best interest long-term and short-term all terms, you know, but, uh, but yeah, but it doesn't change the fact that the property is still worth three point three million. That does not change a single thing. Yeah, yeah, got it, got it. All right, um, I want to go back to some deal structure, right? What has been the most creative deal that you've had to structure? I think you, I think actually a part of this one. See, uh, the New Orleans condo or the New, New Orleans, Orleans uh, Airbnbs. Oh yes, uh, about the French Quarter. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Yes. That one's pretty complicated. So, you know, we, we have a, uh, I get excited when I start talking about my properties. Bro. <laughs> have you seen pictures of it recently? Yes. Yeah, oh, beautiful. it's so clean. It's, it's got like that new Orleans feel like, yeah. Yes. When I went the first time, 
I think they were starting construction. I mean, yeah. I saw it. She, I, I remember we found she found it, and I, I just flew down there, and um, we bought it, maybe three hundred something thousand. Yep. Yeah. About and um, yeah. So T was like, "Yo, we gonna go half on this property." I'm like, "Oh, bet." And I don't honest. If I'm being honest, I don't really know what I be doing. I just trust y'all. I think that was one of the first ones you got. <laughs> well, you know, the Shans building might have been the first one. That was the second one. No, 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 no. no. The first one was the was the flip. We did a flip, and it was amazing. That one was super juicy, yeah. And then I was like, yo, let's do that again. And Sarah goes like, ah, slow down. Let's get you some some stable real estate income. And then I went and got the three units, three units, and I think it was all like $75,000 or something like that. Yeah. And then the, the owner, owner financed it, so literally – I got in a deal for little to no money, yeah. and it makes it how about, that works. Yeah, it's yeah, wild. Yeah. It's free money, man. Like it's wild. I mean, it's like it, 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 it like when I graduated college and worked in finance, they never told me, "Hey, there is a lot of free money out there." Yeah, you know, people will pay you this or give you free money just for a matter of convenience or stability. Yeah, let me tell you about that deal. And, and, and again, it'd be really just. Terica and you and y'all say go and I'm like all right right yeah. so and I still can't believe this one for one how I got these three units for seventy five thousand dollars who knows but also the the numbers I think my my mortgage to the 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 owner is maybe like four hundred and fifty dollars a month but the three units for all three units for all three That's crazy, bro. it's it's four seventy five I pay four seventy five a month. <clears throat> mortgage to the owner who's owner financing it at like some ridiculously low interest rate but when all three units are built out i get like fifteen hundred dollars a month terica drove me by it i didn't even recognize she said yo do those look familiar to you i was like no i said can we buy it you know what i mean like in my buyer mode right now i'm like yo can we buy it she's like what are you talking about and then I looked at the street sign, and I, and I remember like the invoices, not mm -hmm. invoices, but like when I get All paid the every month. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. is that mine? She said, yes, those are the ones you own. But never saw it. It makes me a thousand dollars a month. I'm, I think one of the units isn't built out right now, so I think I make six hundred mm -hmm. to a thousand dollars a month. Yeah, profit every single month. And you got it. You have it under a property manager. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's it's a beautiful thing. I mean, you really don't have to do anything. I mean, those property managers make it super easy. They just give you a check a month, you know? A hundred percent, bro. That's nuts. The hardest part was setting up my direct deposit. Oh, no. That's a good problem to have, you know? <laughs> For sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was amazing. I forgot where we were. I just get excited. We're talking about complicated office. deal structure. Yes. So so that one, um, there, there's a lot going on. Okay, so... Um, Tarek and I, we have a company that's the, you know, the, the largest real estate crowdfunder in Louisiana, right? We do, you know, specifically. Really? Yeah, yeah. So we, we do uh, Salt Capital. So Salt Capital is the largest real estate crowdfunder in Louisiana? Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really? we, do, we do a lot of real estate crowdfunding. Um, you know, we specialize in, you know, non-accredited investors, right? So um, it, it's, it's, 
I say it's highly regulated. Unsophisticated. It, it's yeah, the non-sophisticated. <laughs> I love that. I'm like that's 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 me not long ago. You know what I mean? I you know maybe some things I still do that aren't sophisticated. If you hear me, <laughs> if you hear me saying dat and this, I'm like you can't take me take hey, Louisiana out of me. You, know hey, you I mean? did twerk at that party, Derek. I yes. did, and very disturbing. And I, but keywords, <laughs> I did it well. <laughs> Without stretching, so I'm about that action, you know. Uh, some things just won't go away. That's one right. of them. Anyways, so, so um, but but yeah, so so with, with that type of crowdfunding, uh, it's specifically it's called uh, Rule 506B in the SEC code. B is in Bravo, and so it allows you to raise from a certain number of non-accredited investors. It caps at 33 now. It used to be 30 and increased to 33 about a year and a half ago. Um, and so we'll use that structure to fund smaller deals like this, like anything below you know, a few hundred grand, that's how we'll fund it. And so uh, what happens is kind of like, imagine like we're having a meeting, right? A meeting of the minds, a meeting of, of different parties that are bringing different things to the table. In this particular meeting, you know, we have our development company, you know, they come to the table, they're like, all right, we're going to be the developer. You and Tara could come, you're like, hey, we bought this property, we're bringing the, the actual property to flip uh, or to, 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 to renovate and operate. And then you have this crowdfunding group saying, hey, we're bringing money for rehab mm. and for construction. We've brought all these people together and we have this all, you know, memorialized in very long, detailed, legally vetted agreements, right? Mm. Um, but everyone brings a certain thing to the table and everyone gets paid a certain portion of profit for that. Yeah. So whether it's through, you know, Airbnb profit or whether we convert them to long-term rentals and it's through profit there or whether we decide to sell because, you know, we, we had an expectation of, you know, valuation and I think it's going to be substantially higher, like mm. crazy substantially higher. So, you know, it just gives you options. We can sell it, which we're not going to do. We're going to hold that sucker mm -hmm. and let it marinate a little while. But that's, that's one of the more complicated deals because, um, anytime 506B is used at all, you have to issue these things called private placement memorandums. So PPMs for short, mm -hmm. uh, it's basically like a hundred page disclosure that it tells investors all the reasons why they shouldn't invest and all the ways they can lose their money in mm -hmm. full. So, um, we, we send that out, they execute, we just do all that. So, but it, it was a complicated deal to put together. Right. Um, and even from an accounting perspective, it was it was it was complicated as well, but um, but we're cooking now. Yeah, we're here to rock. Good. Yeah, uh, we'll be open when soon. Soon, very very soon. Yeah, yes. uh, we're about to start closing up walls if they haven't already, which is that's when it starts to really move quickly. I think we should do like some masterminds at the spot where like we rent yeah. out all five units to like five people that want to do a mastermind. Yeah. We stay there for a night or something like that. This would be so clean. Yeah, it's gonna be real nice. That'd be lit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So I have five thousand dollars. Okay. And I want to do something with the five thousand mm -hmm. dollars. What's your recommendation? Real estate or anything. I just want to make more I just want to make money. Yeah, yeah. So uh I don't I don't trust markets in general. So like stock markets. I mean, I'm invested in the stock market. Uh I'm invested in crypto but I don't trust those markets because they're easily manipulated. You know, mm. you got the, the federal reserve. I'm not going to get conspiratorial here because yeah. we'll go in, you know, but you got the federal reserve affects the stock market. You know, you've got, you know, large purchasing groups that affect, you know, crypto. So, mm. um, 
my, my, my lean for a new investment is always going to be real estate. Um, the first thing I'm doing with that is I'm, I'm looking for properties. I'm looking for just a, you know, find me a two, maybe even three, you know, I'm looking for a shanty house with $5,000. You can do that. So with five grand, I can leverage, you know, up to $25,000 in purchase power. Okay. So let's say I find a property, you know, uh, 10 grand. Okay. I can buy this. Maybe it's just a trailer on a lot, Mm -hmm. uh, for 10 grand. I'll buy that sucker. You know, I put 15,000 in it. Now all of a sudden I'm written this thing for, I don't know, five, six, 700 bucks a month, Mm -hmm. you know, making pretty decent profit on that. You know, uh, it's a little harder to find those smaller, you know, dollar ones you can. So, you know, if I'm having trouble doing that, I'm finding me an investor. I'm finding me a partner, Gotcha. you know, and we're going to go in and split this thing. We're going to scale it upwards, you know, cause it's easy to say like, once you get to the point of, um, like, let's say I've got five grand, I found something that all in is like 80 grand. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I need to find a way to fund, you know, uh, let's say my 20% down payment for yeah. bank financing on that 80, uh, would be 16 grand. So I got five. So I need to find 11,000 in cash somewhere. I'm going to find me a partner. Okay. And I'm pitching this to them. Hey, we're going to be in this thing for 80. We're done. It's going to be worth 180. We're going to be able to pull out 80% of that equity, which we're going to do Mm because the numbers make sense. You're going to get your portion. I'm going to get my portion and we can run it back or we can just go and do our own stuff. And in one deal, you can literally change your life. Not only that, here's another thing, because this is a big untapped you know, aspect of, of, of many people's investments. So in, in most homes in the world, we'll just say in the U S cause I can't speak for the world, but you know, statistically in the U S the biggest investment a family will ever have, do you know what that is? Their home. Their home. And it's also the biggest source of untapped equity. It's the home. Why is that? Because as consumers, we're terrified of debt. Now, if you're using debt as a consumer, that's a bad thing. Like I'm using debt to buy, you know, uh, jewelry or using debt to take vacations. That's a bad thing. But if you're using debt to leverage on income generating activity, that's a business, that's business debt. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit different. So one of the greatest things that people can use to change their lives right off the bat is just simply getting a home equity line of credit. HELOC for short, Mm -hmm. H-E-L-O-C. That'll allow you to tap into the buying power of your home. And let's say you got hundred K equity in there just built up over the years, you know, from your down payment, initially, all of that stuff, um, uh, appreciation, right? Because you have to get an appraisal. You'll be able to pull out 80 K up to 80 K. So if I have a hundred thousand dollars worth of equity, I can pull out up, up to 80%. Meaning I can pull out $80,000, mm-hmm. but that 80,000, has buying power of three hundred thousand. Is that right? We're right about right about four hundred thousand. So about five times five 000. times the buying power. Yeah. Oh, because you have to put down twenty percent. Yeah. So okay, just just quick recap. If there's a building or a house for five hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, you probably have to put down twenty percent. Mm-hmm. No, which is a hundred thousand. Yeah, oh, four hundred. Four hundred. Okay, four hundred. So yes, if you have a, a building or a house for four hundred thousand, putting down twenty percent, you put down eighty thousand. Yep. But that whole eighty thousand can come from the hundred thousand dollars worth of equity that you already have in your yep. home. For sure. And yep. it's just untapped. People don't realize it's it. untapped. And when you pull on it, usually HELOCs are ten years interest only. 
Mm. You might as free money. I mean, you, you don't even have to pay back the principal yet, you know? And it's like, as soon as I go into that, I can hear voices in my head saying, of the naysayers saying, oh, well, you know, uh, well, you got to pay that principal back. And what about the balloon payment at the end of 10 years? And, and I'm like, you're already discounting your profit strategy or your, your wealth strategy based off of something 10 years from now. Like what happens mm. in 10 years if you got to pay a balloon payment and you can't you know, get another HELOC? Then sell the property. Yeah. Get your money back. Like it's, it's all good. But yeah, that, that's a huge thing. It's such a huge investment tool. But five grand, that's what I'm doing. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm looking for something to buy out right um, that is heavy value add so I can flip that money and turn it into something quicker uh, like or find a partner and doing the same thing. I like that. One, one more question. Yeah. Hey, Reese, you have the mic? I want Reese to ask a question because Reese is in the, uh, he, he really likes real estate. Yeah. And he's going to be building out his uh, real estate portfolio. So I want you to get a question ready before we get out of here. Okay, Reese? Okay, you're not, in, you're not in real estate, right? You want to get into the space? Yeah, we got to get, gotta get some real estate. I think, w- w- where do you live? Not like a dress, but like what, what kind of place do you live in? Yeah. Okay, you rent? Okay, you in real estate? Just somebody else's real estate. Just on the other side so of we it. Gotta, we got to get you in your real estate. Got to get you in your real estate. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and I'll say this: like the first, the first buy, your first buy as a homeowner, mm-hmm. is your personal home, is is where you can make the biggest immediate impact. I mean, it's insane because, like, I mean, you go to buy your first place, you buy a duplex. Okay, not only is it value add, so you you built up equity in it. Not only can you get a HELOC on it. Okay, but now you have a tenant that is paying your rent that you or the mortgage that you actually do have. Mm-hmm. Not only are you living for free, but you're getting all the benefits of all of this other stuff, just like stacking it, stacking it, stacking it. You gonna get a duplex? That's the play. You should get a duplex. Y'all listen, Dick, I got We got We got to help my team build out some portfolios, all man. Right, let's get it. We really got out. So um, uh, Reese just went to the last uh, meetup. You know what I'm saying? It's just privilege. You know what I mean? It's just privilege. Like, just being, being on the squad so Reese was able to go, okay, you got to go to the next one, okay? You got to go to the next one. Okay, um, Reese, what you got? You got a real estate question? Um, I don't know if I missed it, but how much do I need to save to start investing in real estate? Good question. Uh, honestly, I don't think you need to really save anything. Like you can get started with zero dollars. How you do that? The same conversation is leverage. It's other people's money. You find an investor. Like, here's the thing. Like if I, if I'm, if I know, let's say I'm renting. Okay. And I know the power and impact that getting in like a duplex house hack situation, mm-hmm. uh, the type of impact that will get me. I'm looking for any and everyone I can. If I need 15 grand down, I'm hitting up everyone I can. Yeah. I'll give you 12% interest, promissory note, 10 years. Like, mm. what's up? Someone will bite on that. I, I mean, me and Tarek have been on something less than that recently. Really? You know? And, and you know, so I know I'm competent, right, with, with this real estate game. So I'm finding that. I'm getting that promissory note. I'm using that pro- the cash from that promissory note as my down payment. I'm going to run the play. And guess what I'm doing? I'm not paying 12% interest for 10 years. I'm going to pay it off within a year. Yeah. As soon as I get the property situated, I get a tenant in and we're cooking. I'm going to run that HELOC play. I'm going to get that, that down payment money out and I'm paying off the promissory note. And now I'm cooking. Mm. Hey, why don't y'all just give me the million dollars for the building? I mean, we can. 
I like twelve. Uh, I like fifteen. Whoa, so brother! Like, I, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know about all that. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I had to, I had to up it three percent because I'm like, I need some wiggle room. Because when Tara could come back, she could be like, Nah, twelve percent. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so oh, really? If but, but the the prerequisite is you have to learn how to find a good deal. One hundred percent. Yeah. So I, I say this all the time to like our students, right? Our inner circle all the time. The greatest potential for self-sabotage in this adventure, this journey is yourself. Like no one can self-sabotage your stuff and mess your stuff up like you can. Mm -hmm. Not a single soul on this earth. Cause like you'll get in your head, you'll start down in your numbers, you'll start chasing a bag that's probably not even there. You know, the crypto term of FOMO, you know, like I'm, I'm fear of missing out. Like I'm, I'm afraid to, if I don't pull the trigger, I'm going to lose. Like, no, no, that will burn you faster and, and remove any forward advance and you've done faster than anything else. But mm. look in, in our, in our program, right? Like our inner circle, we spend the first two months, like we don't even put the groups together, like new groups coming in. It's like we, we're laying foundations here God. because there are certain things that we need you to know. Like, and, and what that all sums up to is we need you to learn what you don't know. Yeah. As soon as you learn what you don't know, well, now when someone starts talking something sideways, you're like, I know this other stuff behind it. I can go learn it real quick and, and kind of check this person. But no, it's really laying strong, like knowledge foundations and, and knowing what to look for, knowing how to run your numbers, knowing how to spot a good versus bad deal, knowing where the landmines are placed. Like once you know gotcha. that the funding is the easiest thing like it is the easiest thing wow i want how often a year do the cohorts open up because i know it's not just a you could just sign up and be like yo i'm in right. here like they're a cohort so how often a year how many times yeah. a year uh no no more than three it's very curriculum based like we we you know it's not like a floating learning thing it is very structured you know we have a very specific focus and and, and pacing to what we learn or what we teach so we're looking two to three times a year max. We gotcha. have like these open enrollment periods. Gotcha, gotcha. Hey, look, there is a, um, I'm sure there'll be a link uh, below, I think, uh, property, the property challenge. Propertychallenge.com. Yeah. So if you don't, if you go to the website and you don't see the property challenge coming up right now, and I'm just going to like just lay a foundation, y'all. If you don't see it coming up right now, sign up for the wait list because the wait list will notify you when the next challenge comes up. But for you to be in the, uh, Terrica Lynn Smith inner circle, you have to go through the property challenge, which I was like, dang, T, because I'm, I'm not used to that necessarily. I'm like, T, let people in. They want to sign up, let them sign up. And she was like, the way that y'all structured it, it was you can't just sign up because right. now it actually makes sense what you just said. They have to, you have to lay a foundation of education first. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't even really know what to do with the five thousand. So yeah. probably take the five thousand and take a hundred dollars of that and join the property challenge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I, honestly, I, I take that five thousand. I might, I might go buy something nice and then just go leverage to buy the real estate. <laughs> 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 but, but no, that, that's a, that, that's exactly how we do it. Because here's the thing: like everyone thinks they want to get into real estate until they start seeing the not pretty elements of it. Yeah, you know, and like so, we we want people to be making measured decisions. Like this yeah. is not some fly by night things like we're, we're making like you need to come to this five day webinar yeah. at least and sit through this, hear us. And if at the end of it, you're still like, yeah, I'm interested. Then, then let's talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Uh, you got any other questions? Cohort 
Oh yeah, you just come. I got you. <laughs> I got you. That's my assistant. So you got you know VIP, what I mean, y'all? VIP list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Reese, what's up? Um, so right now I'm working on figuring out my next investment. I do have a property in Vegas and it's been taking me through hell. <laughs> um, just learning all the process. So now I have a partner. Uh, I met, well, I've been to her, but I reintroduced myself at uh, Terika's event. And she's helped me figure out how to actually run numbers. And it's a lot of formulas, and I get confused real easy. <laughs> so... <laughs> So hold on real, real quick. So you have a property in Vegas and you met someone at the uh, the property challenge meetup. Yes. And that's now your partner. Correct. Okay. Gotcha. And she's teaching you the formula. Yeah, I can attest to that because um, <laughs> Reese, we got this joke where like if I if Reese is doing one thing and I'm like, hey, do this and that, it'll freeze. He got this little move. He'll be like, so... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I feel you, bro, because the formulas, they, they be killing me, too. But go ahead, finish with your question. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, so I lost my train of thought. Um, You're saying Vegas property. Yes, so she's been showing me how to run numbers, and I've been looking at properties out in Atlanta, and I just don't see anything worth even investing in. Where are you looking? Uh, I'm just typing in Atlanta. Like she's right now. I'm not because I'm still trying to learn the formulas. Uh, she just have me go on on um, websites and look up properties so I can get used to running numbers and knowing the formulas. But it's kind of discouraging. Mm. <laughs> that, that's not, that sounds like one of ours too. Because uh, she's making you that because that's what we make them do. So here, here's the thing: is we will run. I'm talking good properties, not like hey, we just found this thing online, like. I, I know what, what Terika sends me is probably one of 30 or 40 things she looks at. And that's probably being generous. Mm -hmm. The amount of stuff that makes it through my underwriting is probably about 10% of that. Good so, experiences. yeah, I mean, it, I mean, so we're talking, you know, analyzing, I don't know what the math on that is. Somebody's going to check me, I guess, but we're talking one in a hundred properties that we look at, we pull the trigger on. So how many properties have you looked at? Not a hundred. <laughs> not a hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, not a hundred. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm like I said, I'm still trying to figure out because I'm mixing formulas and like I end up having to meet up with her and be like, she's like, no. <laughs> so, mm. so it's like I'm still trying to um, understand how to run the numbers because my like I'll skip a step and then I'll use one number for another number yeah. and I just get lost. Yeah. Can you explain yeah. the formula, like some of the formulas? Yep, for sure. So uh, some, some of the ones that we hit first, you know, I already said the 70% rule, right? You want your acquisition and rehab to be less than 70% of the ARV after repair value. The ARV is that magic number. Um, and we, one of the big things we teach is like, it's like, uh, this is an old like, you know, programming term, but garbage in, garbage out. Right. If you got bad data in, you're going to get bad data out. So, um, th there's a few pieces of information that you need as like foundations for all the basic calculations, which I'll hit on, but you need to know the rent, you need to know the ARV and you need to know your all in cost. Yeah. If you have very reliable data for those three things, 
then these numbers are going to be super solid. So number one, the 70% rule. Number two, uh, the 1% rule or the 100 times rule, uh, they're kind of one and the same. But basically, they're a measure of the rent in comparison to what you're going on on the property. So let's say um, you know you buy a property for 100 grand. Mm-hmm. 1% of 100 grand is $1,000. So your monthly rent needs to be at least $1,000 for that property to make sense. Your monthly rent from the tenant. That's correct. So the, let's say the rent in an area is 950 bucks, but the um, property you're all in costs is 100 grand. That fails the 1% rule. How often do you go against your rules? Never. So that I say never, but that's a loaded question because I'm all about context and, and disclaimers and fine print. <laughs> So, you know, uh, we did this really wild session. I'd say, I'd say wild for me, but at our last meetup, it's one that I do often whenever we meet up in our hometown. You know, we do that once or twice a year uh, for our group. Um, but I deep dive the highly complex numbers. We're talking about cap rate, um, AAR, which is average annual return, ROI. Everyone knows that, return on investment, um, cash on cash, um, internal rate of return, like all these fancy, fancy terms. And uh, I got asked this question, just like I do every time, mm-hmm. uh, which one is best to use? And the answer is all of them, yeah. right? It's almost like, you know, you're, you're kind of like shopping for a car, okay? And I want my ride experience when people are with me to be enjoyable. So I'm going to drive it. I'm going to ride in the passenger seat. I'm going to ride in the back seat. I want the full experience. And every time I ride in a different seat, it's going to give me a different experience. It's going to tell me something different about that car, yeah. how it handles. Like, I mean, I got, I got a Yukon and like we went to New Orleans with some friends recently and they're all the way in the back and I kind of jerked a little bit and I see them flying across the mm. back, you know, cause it, it, it handles different in the right, back, you right. know? So, but that's how those, uh, those formulas are is they teach you or give you different perspectives on an investment. Mm. But, um, but the 1% rule is one of those, you know? So, mm. If something, however, like there, there is a scenario where, same example, 950 rent per month, uh, $100,000 investment, there is a scenario where I would, you know, uh, not obey that 1% rule. Let's say, for example, uh, my 100, 100K is my end cost, but it appraises for $350,000. Right. Now, would I not compromise that extra $50 or what? would I give up? Or not give up that extra fifty dollars a month to and, and forego two hundred and fifty grand in, in equity? Not a, just not a snowball's chance. Like I'm all in on that, you know. So it, it's different context, but that's why we say, hey, look, calculate all these things, pull all these levers. And on the front end, again, it's that seventy percent rule, which would have told me, yeah. is it three fifty or is it one hundred? Yeah. You know, uh, the one percent and hundred x rule; those are about one and the same. The two percent rule is similar, but. It's two percent. Right. It's a higher <laughs> metric, you know. Right, right, right. And I'll say, like right now, we, we push we push for two or a little bit higher right now because of where the market's at. Like it, not that it's in a bad spot, but it's in a an unsure spot. Yeah. Inventory, uh, housing inventory is really low right now, so you're not really seeing true market trends. Once inventory goes up, then you really get an idea for what buyers are going to do, yeah. and that's what drives the market. So, gotcha. um, but we've got those things. Um, and really after that, I mean, we're talking about, you know, going into some of the more advanced metrics, which would be, I, I think, some of the stuff that Reese is, you know, messing with, which would be like cash on cash, ROI, you know, that type of stuff. 
Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Those are the formulas. Listen, man. Uh, did we? It was mad stuff we didn't cover. But is there anything that you wanted to cover that you think is very important in this? Right. There's something's telling you. Yeah. In your spirit, you need to talk about this. Yeah, I, I'd say this, man. Is just question everything because, like, you know, my my whole life, you know, I was really raised up to 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 do by the book, like, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, you know, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to get a good job. And all those things have served me well. I'm glad that I got those degrees. I'm glad I have my corporate finance experience. I think I'm better for it. You know, but at the end of the day, like when I started questioning, like, is this like, for like, do I really need this W2? You know what I mean? When I made that jump, I'll never forget it. I mean, it wasn't long ago when I made that jump from a, a dream job that, you know, even to this day, I'm like, man, that was, it was a fun job. I enjoyed it, you know? High paying. How much were you making? Uh, about 110. Mm-hmm. But benefits were insane. I mean, I could pretty much just do what I want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, there was tons of room for, for growth. In fact, I, I, I'm pretty sure a promotion was on the horizon. Yeah. A pretty big one because I had been told that that's what was coming. Uh, in fact, when I put in my two weeks, I, I, I'm fairly certain that they were in the process of hiring a, a whole, like department of people and I'm like, ah, my bad, he gone, you know, but, um, but once I, I realized the fact that, man, it is more risky for me to have one source of income than it is for me to, you know, take this jump and develop multiple streams of income. Once I realized that, like it really just kind of took the limits off. So I'd say question everything. Uh, number one, number two, find you a mentor. Like I can't, I just can't, I will never not stop spending money on mentorships. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I, I, I guess that only leaves us with one last question because you kind of gave us your, your closing thoughts. Uh, where do you see yourself and what do you see yourself accomplishing in the next five years? Because I want to be able to watch this interview five years from today yeah. and say, yeah. Derek said he was going to do that five years ago. And look. Yeah. So a uh, billion dollars in assets under management. A billion dollars yeah. in assets under management. Yeah. What does that mean? So uh, we'll just, we'll just say uh, you own or, or, or are managing a billion dollars. So I, I, am, I am invested in a billion dollars worth of real estate. That's what I'm looking at. Hmm. Yeah. What do you think you're managing right now? Probably about uh, $25 million. Mm. The jump from $25 million to a billion is, I might as well be at a zero. Huge jump. I might as well be at zero. But it's all right. <laughs> we're talking about exponential trajectory. That's where we're, that's where we're looking right now. That's where we're going. And, and I'll say this: like, look, I'm I'm, I'm turning thirty five uh, next month. And really, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're thirty. Oh my gosh, I'm old, man. I'm thirty eight. That's pretty old, man. That you three, got way that, more. You got that's way more hard, stuff for the management to me, bro. That's a that's a hard that's a hard three years, man. You know? Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's that old that old saying goes. This is a cowboy saying, you know, with regards to like you know riding horses and saddles. You know, because if your saddle gets wet, you don't dry it out. It messes it up. So say, uh, been road hard and put up wet. Sounds weird. Sounds sound strange. There is a lot going on. That's <laughs> that's, that's why. That's why I gave you your context. <laughs> you the context. I'm like, <laughs> hey, we're talking about cowboys oh, and saddles here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Goodness, you'll be accomplishing your uh, your dream by the time you're my age. Right but you'll now. you'll be there with me though. That's 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 the I whole thing. With you. So um, my goal is also your goal too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I got a, I got a couple. Hold on, let me think. Yeah, I got a couple million under management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do, That's and growing. Yeah, and growing. And growing under you know, management. Look, gonna, I like. I'm gonna add that to my get bio. Those numbers up for sure. Couple million under management. <laughs> <laughs> AUM, right? We're official here. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Billion dollars, R&D, man. Thank you so much, bro. I appreciate you. And this was uh 
a lot of people asked me to come mm -hmm. to the podcast, but like this was a request of mine, of you. Like, was, I was like, yo, yeah. I got to get you on the podcast because we like we're at dinner, and I'm telling you, Derek gets in the weeds, and I love the weeds. Right, he started explaining cap rate to me, but uh, what you don't know is like on the plane before I got there, I was actually researching cap rate. Because I'm looking at all these buildings and it's saying, okay, cap rate is this, cap rate is that. Mm -hmm. And now I'm starting looking at videos of cap rate and none of them explained it well. And then I sat down with you at dinner and like you really answered all my questions. So um, I am just, I, I am thrilled to be in business with you. Yeah. Hey, I really, really is mutual, my friend, for sure. We got, look, we, we haven't even started yet. Like yeah. if, if we're, if we're on a flight, like we, we haven't even boarded the plane yet. Yeah. Like we are just doing pre pre flight stuff right now. So mm -hmm. we're going to get it. It's going to be, uh, this trajectory is going to be nuts. We could do some crazy things in the next five years. Absolutely, man. Also, um, also, Oh, last thing. Can you kind of tell people like about the challenge and the inner circle? Cause it's some amazing things going on yeah. in the inner circle. Yeah. Look, I'll say this and, and I can't, I can't say it in more clear terms. Everything we do at the end of the day is, is focused on growing people. There's no scenario where I want to be, you know, ha in a situation where I have reached my goal and there's no one around me. Like that, that it, like I lose sleep about that. Like it makes me sick to my stomach thinking about it. Like, no, nah, I want crowds and crowds of people all saying we did it too. You know, that's just amazing. So uh, for the property challenge, that's what we do. That's the starting point for us. You know, um, uh, it's a five day webinar. Uh, you know, we're going in on, we've got some crazy, we've had some wild speakers. I think about, you know, you know, back in January of this year, you know, we had Rose himself, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Rick Ross. And I, I'll tell you that I, I have not often been more entertained <laughs> by, you know, by, by that, you know, and, but, but it's, it's, it's wild because you've got all these people that you may not have known, like you know, everyone knows who Rick Ross is, yeah. but not everyone knows how smart of a business person he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Like, and he's, oh, yeah spitting game and you're just like this dude is in on real estate you know so uh we got tons of speakers that come in of course uh we get up there you know we drop a lot of game as well and of course you know all of that is, is kind of like an intro right like we want you to know hey uh if, if you're serious about this like we've got you know direct mentorship which is not something that Terika has really ever done i was one of her first mentees mm -hmm. you know and 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 it was the, the best time the best investment I ever spent in my life. I mean, it changed the trajectory of my family forever, yeah. you know, and uh, couldn't, couldn't be of a more different background than T, yeah. but that knowledge, the knowledge that she has, the knowledge that I have that now that we impart in our program, it transcends, you know, nationality, it transcends race, it transcends everything. Because at the end of the day, I know there's a couple of things I know about people. They want to provide for their families. They want to be happy and they don't want to have to worry about these dumb things like, like, finances and all of that stuff. So, so that's the lead in, uh, of course our inner circle, right. Our, 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 our larger program, uh, this is a, a year long thing, right? Like we are all in, uh, you direct message. I've got like five deals in my, my telegram inbox right now. I got to go check out, but those are deals from our students oh, that wow. were saying yes, no, if they invest on it in their own great. But if they're like, Hey, I need, you know, there's some funding opportunity here, a partnership opportunity then we go in wow. with it. So yeah, it, it's, the sky, the sky is the limit with that stuff. I love it. There's one question I'd ask too. Um, you and Tarek have a very interesting relationship, mm -hmm. and is it is it ever beneficial sometime where Tarek has to send you in simply because you're not black? Yes, for sure. 
and vice versa. Tell me. Oh, so, okay. Tell me. Tell me. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, you know, of course, we, we've got a larger, uh, pretty large new construction development in our home city, right? And um, and we love our city, man. I mean, it's 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 just such an amazing community. You know, that being said, uh, it's the qualifier, you know, because yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be kind of politically correct, sure. but, but, but I'll stop doing that. But I'll say that, uh, you know, there was a lot of resistance with this. And in this particular area of our city, there's not a lot of investment, not a lot of outside investment. And so when we were um, getting ready to acquire this property, um, you know, we had to meet with community leaders or whatnot. And of course, the, like I said, this is a disparaged area that if I go in and I'm like, this is what we're doing. This is, you know, it's just lip service. Like it doesn't mean anything, you know, but Terica goes in and it pulls a little differently, right? Like there's a, a much different pull there and I'm behind the scenes. I'm like, you do your thing. Like I'm, yeah. I'll go do my stuff. You know, you, you handle this up front, you know, um, and, and it works out for the better, you know, because it, the way we view it is this, right? We, we're like kingdom minded folk, you know what I'm saying? So we're, we're very cognizant of the fact that whenever we go into communities to invest. Number one, we're not doing it just for profit. We need profit to be sustainable and to make our investors money so they can keep doing it. But at the end of the day, you know, secondly, we also partner with people for community impact. Like that's a portion of it. Yeah. You know, we're, we're trying to do this in a sustainable way to use that corporate term, you know, but, yeah. um, but, but to do that, we need political buy-in and we're up against principalities. Like we're up against forces that, it, that, that go beyond real estate investing, you know, uh, politics, uh, race, you know, all of these different, you know, economic powers, right? Like, I mean, we got uh, pretty much sat down, you know, by, uh, by, by a couple different banks during this process, pretty much them telling us they were going to blacklist us for this property. And mm. we think they did because we couldn't get any type of funding for that, which is wild, you know. Why though? Why are they, why are they? You know, and of course, there was, it's hard to really know for sure, but this is a property just for context that had been a target for acquisition for a long time. And there was a lot of like baggage with it that we were able to negotiate out um, because we wanted to develop the area, you know, and, and do good things in the area. And so, but, uh, but I'll say, look, the, the opposite is true too, where there have been moments where, where I've had to been sent in, sent in, you know, or, or one of our, our other, uh, you know, uh, uh, non-melanin brethren, brethren, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, um, I think in one particular case, you're not really going into too much detail on this one. Cause, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, it was, it was very apparent. We're like, dude, why, why do our permits keep not getting approved? Like, why do we keep failing these inspections that obviously everything is passed? Like this doesn't make any sense. And then, you know, we got a call and they're like, oh, well, th this is kind of how it is. And we're like, what in the world? So we send one of our counterparts, and uh, lo and behold, in a couple of weeks, we got our permits mm. after months. And months. I mean, it, so it, at the end of the day, we we know internally, like with me and her relationship and with our, 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 our team, right? Like we know that because we're up against things that are that are spiritual in a sense that that we have to be OK internally, yeah. that there's going to be moments where, you know, uh, we need the heavy guns on the front line there's going to be moments where we need more of a dagger on the front line, you know, just different things are needed at different times. But at the end of the day, we're aligned on vision and uh, we just get it done by all means necessary. Man. I believe that's why the team is put together the way it is because everybody has their own, yeah. you know, particular strengths. Everybody has their, uh, their own uniqueness and can get mm -hmm. things done. And you can't um, stay in your own circle. 
to get things done. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, actually, as we start building, I got to find somebody white to join our team. We're looking. Okay. <laughs> We're looking at Atlanta, okay? We need some diversity on the squad. We out <laughs> there. We out there. <laughs> Yo, man, Derek, this is my brother, man. Um, I really, uh, it, I, I, don't, I don't use those terms yeah. um, loosely when I know that somebody has, like, my genuine best interest at heart. Yes. Um, and like, we've known each other for a couple of years now. We've done business together. We've broke bread together. And, uh, I really value your relationship because you taught me so much, so, so much. So I want to say thank you man, publicly. So tell everybody how to find you, man. And, uh, close this out with a word of wisdom. Yeah. Y'all so can find me on Instagram at Derek go. So D E R I K G O. I got a weirdly spelled name, so it's easy to find. I'll say, uh, but words of wisdom, man, look, keep pushing. Uh, there's a whole lot of people that will tell you, uh, you know, that you shouldn't be working on the stuff that you're working on. But at the end of the day, you know what you want. And don't let anyone burn out that fire in your heart, whether it's real estate, you know, whether it's podcasting, whatever that may be, uh, you know what you got to do. So just focus on doing the next best thing and keep chugging along. So there it is. Yeah. Listen, man, we can't close it out. No better than that, man. Follow my brother Derek on Instagram. Okay. I'm sure his Instagram is in here somewhere. Uh, make sure you join the property challenge because I'm in there often, and uh, I this is this is a true journey of wealth. Okay, I have an ability to uh, build income based on my brand and my ability to present and my skill set. But wouldn't it be wonderful? And it's like the thought process now. Wouldn't it be wonderful if I didn't have to use my ability or my articulation or communication or my podcast to make money? If I could just make money without all that stuff, because if y'all cancel me one day, my family still got to eat. So that is the objective. Make sure you join the property challenge, thepropertychallenge.com. What is his IG? My Patreon is talking to me right now. Um, Derek G-O, D-E-R-I-K-G-O, yeah. correct? Yeah. D-E-R-I-K-G-O. Make sure y'all follow him, show him some love. Um, and do yourself a favor. Go get you some social proof, meaning go build something. Build it really, really big. But go back to your community and teach them how you did it. It's the only way our community grows, okay? We are out of here. Like, subscribe. We out. Peace. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.